Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dorsey Wright Podcast for Wednesday, October the 9th. I'm Jay Gragnani. And I'm Ben Jones. And October is here. It is. The fall weather is upon us here. I don't know what happened. I left. So I left uh, Monday, went to New York in short sleeves, Mm -hmm. woke up Tuesday morning, and it was 60 degrees in New York. So the fall, and then I got back home and Long sleeves and, and long pants are, are I wore still pants, back out. I mean, jeans yesterday. I mean, it's <laughs> the first time for me. Uh, I'm not wearing jeans, of course, but, um, you know, it's interesting. It's like fall is here, and all of a sudden, have you overseeded yet? Have you started planting grass, work on the yard? Yeah, it's now is the it's time the to be season. repairing repairing the yard. Um, you know, not, not unlike repairing your portfolio. You know, you, you look in, in today's market in October, you know, October is one of those months that, you know, on the averages, it's not an, it's not a, doesn't average down. Right. Um, as a matter of fact, it's, it, it produces, if you go back like to 1950, it produces positive returns on average. But October is just one of those months that we've seen historically a lot of volatility mm-hmm. in, the, in the month of October. Um, some of the, the major market crashes, October of 87, 2008, um, 2008 you had a very rough time. Right? 29, you had, uh, 29 was Black Tuesday, 87 was Black Monday. Okay, yeah. Um, 08, and then you know last year wasn't wasn't easy, um, but really you go back to 2000 or excuse me to 1950, and 2018. So last year was only the fifth time that the market in the month of October was down five percent. Mm-hmm. Only the fifth time, and only one other time has that actually happened in consecutive years. That was um, 78, 79. Okay. And so, you know, it's just, it's one of those environments that um, certainly breeds a lot of volatility. Um, it, it, uh, historically, coming off of, of September, which September is the worst performing month. Um, and then October is, is, the, uh, is the month that also ends the seasonally weak period in the right. market. And so uh, that period from May through the end of October. And it's interesting this year, if you look to see, well, hey, you know, what has the market done during the seasonally weak period this year? And the answer is it's done a whole lot without doing anything. Right. And, you know, it, it's been a roller coaster. It, it, you look at, you know, returns for the S&P January through the end of April, and it's about 17.5% for the S&P 500. And since then, uh, we're down about 1% since the beginning of May. But during that time, you've seen five different moves of 5% or more. And that's the volatility that a lot of investors are feeling of literally every single month since May, we've seen a move either up or down 5% in the market. Uh, and here we are in the month of October and um, you know we we've seen a five percent pullback off of the uh, October high. Yeah, and as a result of that, excuse me, the September high. Sorry. And as a result of that pullback and the volatility that we've seen, um, it's just evidence of selling pressure that we've seen across the market. And just last week on October third, uh, we saw the New York Stock Exchange bullish percent reverse down mm-hmm. in MOs, uh, moving from basically fifty percent, so that halfway line, uh, down to forty four percent. Um, this was basically a result of more stocks on the New York Stock Exchange moving to sell signals on their point and figure chart. Um, as a result of this move, Jay, I mean, basically it moves the indicator into a more defensive posture. Yeah. And, and when you really look at kind of what is giving sell signals, what is causing this indicator to reverse down, um, it's, you know, if you think about the New York Stock Exchange and you break it down by size, roughly 44% of that universe that we track is small cap. And when you look at kind of the the areas that are giving off sell signals or what areas are on sell signals, it's predominantly small cap. Roughly, 
You know, 65% of small value is on a sell signal, 59% of small blend, 65% of small growth are on mm. sell signals within that universe that we're tracking for this bullish percent. If you look at the large cap side, only 46, so less than half of large value and 49% of large growth are on sell signals. So there's a big difference between small and large cap right now. And so, you know, for those, you know, seasoned veterans tracking the bullish percent, they like to use the old saying, you know, when the soldiers are leaving the battlefield, the generals will soon follow or something along those lines. And we have seen the soldiers leave, right? Yeah. It's been kind of 2019 in a nutshell, yet the market moves to new highs. Why? Large cap remains a strong um, size group and large growth has been a leading size and style group. What's interesting is that, you know, don't want to draw any parallels to 2018, uh, but it does show you that October, for whatever reason, from a psychological standpoint, um, some would argue it's linked back to the old agrarian cycles of the weak seasons, strong seasons. You know, we saw the bullish percent reverse down in October last year um, after kind of forming um, a top, and, and we've seen that happen this year again. So uh, we definitely want to, you know, monitor positions. You know, we have a playbook that you can, you know, follow. Uh, we published the playbook in our daily equity report the other day. Uh, we are in defense in the middle field. You know, it's a great time to look at, you know, substituting ETFs for individual stocks, kind of reduce your individual stock risk is, is one suggestion, um, tighten up stop losses. So uh, for those subscribers, you can look at that report or go to the prospecting page and look at our BP playbook. But, but for what it's worth, small cap is the primary driver, Jay. Yeah, and and you know I'm just I was just pulling up and looking at a chart of like um, IJR, which mm -hmm. is the iShares S and P 600 small cap index. So it's a basket of 600 securities that are defined as being small caps. And while we sat here watched the market as defined by the S and P 500, right. which you know as you mentioned, it is the generals yep. that carry the weight of that index, and so they're just a massive mega cap type of stocks. Um, that index, the market, the S&P, moved to new highs earlier this year. The SML, the small cap stocks, they weren't even able to come close to their highs from last year. And you know that is certainly a, a sign of small caps negatively diverging from the market. And then you look at you know the, the S&P 500 is off about 5% currently from its highs. Okay. Um, Small caps are down almost 17% from their highs. And so, you know, to your point, absolutely, the, the small caps um, have been um, the group that has, has bared the brunt of a lot of the deterioration from uh, things like the bullish percent, but also other, other areas of the market as well. You know, in, in terms of, of speaking of uh, the generals, it was interesting because um, technology as a, as a group, as a sector, this whole idea of, of growth versus value, and, and that's kind of an interesting dynamic. But, you know, from a sector perspective, uh, technology is the one that continues to carry the baton in a lot of the cases uh, in terms of just year-to-date performance. You look at like XLK, which is the technology select sector spider up 27% this year. Um, the equal weighted version of that, though, mm -hmm. is up 22 percent, okay. and so the cap weighted version that the generals that are overweighted in that cap weighted, namely stocks like like Apple and Microsoft, yeah. the two biggest names, which account for a bulk of the return, they're up you know 42 and 33 percent respectively uh, so far this year. So those names certainly are, are holding up uh, very very well. The big cap stuff, the large cap growth in 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 uh, in general is the style box that continues to carry the baton there. Yeah, and we see that in a lot of our relative strength rankings, right? If you look at Dolly, technology is yeah. the leading group. If you look at the size and style, large growth, mid growth are the leading style 
buy boxes. Uh, if you look at our group scores, right, every single mutual fund and ETF on our system is scored. It goes from zero to six, six being the strongest. You know, large growth, that's an average score of 4.24, right? Again, mm-hmm. if you want to look at the difference between small cap and large cap, the average small cap growth fund has a score of 3.32. I mean, almost a one-point gap in score. And that goes across the board for all the different styles, right? I mean, large value, 3.56, small value, 2.06, right? And so you see that really across the board. And so um, for what it's worth, you know, continue to overweight those areas that are working, and that's large growth. Those are some of those sectors you mentioned, like technology that are strong. Um, We still see some strength within some interest rate sensitive areas. Some might argue value areas. I mean, really just tied to interest rates right now. There's demand flowing. Prices are are pushing higher relative to other sectors and utilities and real estate, right? We saw real estate move up to what, top four in one of our rankings. Um, So we continue to see momentum um, exhibited in that sector. Um, You mentioned the S&P 500. Um, the Spider S&P 500 ETF Trust, Jay, the SPY, it's, it's testing an interesting support level there at 285. If it does break down, um, could set up a shakeout pattern, right? Mm. Which is actually a bullish pattern, and, and that would, might be a bullish sign for equities if we see a breakdown setting up that shakeout, and the action point would be on a reversal up. So that's an interesting pattern that we've seen develop as the market, TCA, has kind of been choppy up and down that 5%. We hit resistance, we came back down. Mm. Hit resistance again, came back down, now setting up for a potential shakeout if it breaks down. So, you know, that's one interesting kind of really purely technical development we're seeing on that chart. Another thing to mention, you know, we got we had all our analysts together in the meeting this morning. We're talking about these trends. Um, we talked about international. Um, the U.S. dollar continues to push yeah. higher, uh, or higher rather. And we see the U.S. dollar scoring at 3.57 using the UUP, uh, Invesco Bullish Dollar Index Fund. Uh, we've seen a really strong move off of a kind of a score low, moved about one point off that low. And we've seen this has a negative impact for international equities. And if you look at the S&P 500, scoring at 3.09, EFA developed markets, and EEM, emerging markets, are scoring at, let's say, uh, 2.01 and 0.65, respectively. So EEM is scoring at 0.65, EFA scoring at 2.01. So not only is there a big difference between large cap and small cap in the U.S., there's a big difference between leadership globally, right? Yeah. The U.S. is still stronger than some of those other products out there. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you know, everything going on in China, uh, right? Hong Kong, uh, lots of lots of volatility, lots of downside pressure on the equity markets there. China is, you know, the largest holding in in those broad based emerging mm-hmm. market uh, ETFs uh, like EEM, VWO, those types of of big names. So that's uh, you know, China certainly weighing pretty heavily on that. Um, and it's also interesting that, you know, looking at something like EFA, whereas the S&P 500 is testing support and, you know, initially has held that bullish support line, so that positive trend line, mm-hmm. on the flip side of that, EFA or developed XUS markets are testing and failed at resistance right. to, to resume their downtrend. So there very much is um, a, a pretty big difference there between the leadership trends of U.S. equity uh, and, and, uh, and the global equity market. Yeah, and you mentioned you know China, of course, in the headlines. I mean, anything trade related, anything Hong Kong related. Um, we have seen some rotation in some of our international ETF models. You know, China recently rotated out of our you know Franklin Liberty Shares International model. Uh, we see it added actually you know France. You know, so we're beginning to see it you know pick up some more developed market exposure. Um, so you know what's interesting about that is you know. 
we're now seeing it was about 80% emerging. Um, now it's only 60%. And so we are seeing those trends play out in some of these rotation-based models uh, that a lot of advisors use to enhance or complement kind of their existing, let's say, core international products that may be like an EEM or EFA or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Certainly um, no lack of, of activity in the market, right. you know, lots of volatility, um, you know, with, with uh, long-term trends being positive, but, but indicators like the bullish percent um, being negative would not be too surprising to see volatility continue mm-hmm. um, as we head through the month of, of October. Uh, then, you know, look forward to turning the calendar to November, which starts the seasonally strong period. Right. Obviously, the, the market doesn't necessarily always care and doesn't necessarily turn on that day, but just there is a, a massive uh, seasonal bias towards the market where, where November starts uh, a, a very uh, strong period historically in the market. But um, for now, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll play the cards right. that we are dealt and uh, you know, continue to move forward through the month of October from Absolutely. here. Absolutely. And just before we end, uh, just a few housekeeping items. You know, We have our Point and Figure Institute coming up in the fall right. yeah. um, in the November. Uh, registration still open, so definitely sign up if you can. For those of you who have access to the Daily Equity Report, you can see a, a registration link. Um, it's a great event. We'll have about generally about 100 advisors show up. Um, you'll go from you know all the way from the basics of point and figure methodology all the way up to the more portfo- uh, more advanced kind of portfolio management topics. And then next week we have a webinar on October 15th. That's a Tuesday. Um, that's actually you know we are um, involved in a webinar with the National Association of Active Investor. Man, investment managers uh, name for short. Uh, that's going to be with pro funds, right? So we're going to be talking about you know leverage funds, leverage sector funds, and some different concepts that we've been exploring from a research standpoint. Uh, so definitely attend that if you can, if you can. Uh, so that's with name. Uh, it's titled "A New Approach to Relative Strength Investing with Leverage Funds." Again, October fifteenth, four fifteen to five fifteen p.m. Eastern Time. So check that out as well. Uh, registration link is in the Daily Life Report. That sounds great. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, as always, we appreciate you joining us this week and look forward to be back on with you next week. Mm-hmm.